Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau speaks out against some of the actions by those taking part in the protest in Ottawa. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner. A proposal is introduced for a cross-jurisdictional meeting to deal with the ongoing protest. To, to convene a table that will allow us to keep lines of communication open during what is a fluid and dynamic situation and to respond with speed and efficiency to meet the city's needs. And who might challenge Pierre Poiliev for the Conservative leadership? Virtually the vast majority of the caucus seemed to be supporting him within minutes of his announcement. You had people like John Baird coming out in his support. It's designed to make him look unstoppable, unbeatable, to dissuade other people from entering the race. It's Tuesday, February the 8th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. Let's start with the emergency debate in the House of Commons last night about the situation in downtown Ottawa. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, uh, spoke uh, not for very long, but did speak about about the protests and about what's at stake here. Um, what, What did you observe from that debate? Well, you know, all day yesterday there was questions about whether this was going to happen or not. And, you know, laced through that conversation was where is the Prime Minister and is the Prime Minister doing enough? I know I tweeted that uh, he should show up and my colleague Althea Raj, uh, who's also on this podcast from time to time, also tweeted the same thing. And between us, I think we had 4,000 responses to it. So people yesterday were wanting the Prime Minister to say something or do something. We are at that stage in this. And I'm I'm not sure that the Prime Minister is saying anything. Um, he certainly didn't say anything new when he did show up. He said it has to stop. Uh, he said, as he said before, the pandemic sucks. Um, but, you know, all day yesterday, it seems that what the government has in reply to this is process. They're setting up a trilateral table. They're talking about sort of, you know, meetings and and talking to fix this. And I think that's definitely at odds with what is going on in in downtown Ottawa, which is um, it is increasingly looking like as as uh, Paul Champ, the lawyers that have seen out of Mad Max. You know, it's. Uh, there's a disconnect right now here between the talking solution and what is actually happening. And there are people saying, including the mayor of Ottawa, saying there should be a mediator brought in. Um, but but I think there is an overarching feeling at the federal level, at a minimum, that that there can be no negotiation in this situation, that the only solution is for uh, the protesters to leave either of uh, by their choice or or for someone to remove them because uh, they 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 have no standing to negotiate with the government there was a news conference yesterday where the some of the organizers were saying they're prepared to meet with the governor general and the opposition parties but to state the obvious that's not the way our system works 
no, to say the least, yes. I, I think one of the organizers was offer, even offering to sit in a coalition government with the governor general and the opposition parties, which is um, I'll just, it's crazy. The, the, uh, I think you have seen, last week you did see conservatives saying that that Justin Trudeau or members of his government should go out and talk to the protesters. I am not hearing that as often. I wondered if that had disappeared altogether. I'm told there's still some demands for that, but I think as this thing has escalated or dragged on, uh, both of them, you're not going to see members of parliament out there posing with them anymore. I think we, we know sort of where public opinion is headed on this. It's increasingly a, a lawless, um, strange, um, increasingly foreign. Um, the, the U.S. influence in this is also starting to be right. disturbing and, and talked about as well. So I, I think you, you are seeing it. The, the protest itself is veering into um, anarchy, and also it looks like U.S.-inspired anarchy. And that um, that's where the response has to be now, too. And, and how do you respond to that? I don't know. You know, people who weren't talking about a military solution a week ago are talking about it now. Yeah, and I, I assume, even though it's not the kind of thing that would be discussed publicly, you have to assume that different levels of government are having conversations right now about how to bring this to a conclusion. Um, and uh, and I don't think anybody's expecting the, the protesters to go away on their own. So what, what options uh, does, does that leave? And, and uh, how much risk is there in some of those scenarios? Because, of course, um, I, think, I think the great fear all along, and perhaps the reason why authorities in Ottawa have acted the way they did, is they, they wanted to avoid violence. They wanted to, to avoid any type of confrontation with these individuals that, that could pose harm to people and, and, frankly, could strengthen their movement. Yeah, that's been the the thing all along is that there has been this whole idea of de-escalation, yeah. and it, it's a, that's a legitimate and um, and worthy goal if there is something in it for the protesters. It's not even clear that there is one organized protest. You know that that people have latched on all kinds of demands and frustration. It's more like a mass nervous breakdown, actually, is more what it looks like. It it looks like the climax at the end of the pandemic movie. And um, it, the pandemic is not just fading away. It seems to be, or as we thought it would be, it's it's this weird climax to uh, to two years of frustration. Yeah. Certainly, you know, the, the prime minister's line has been, and it was in the emergency debate last night, that what we're seeing in the streets of Ottawa is not representative of the majority of Canadians. The problem is, is that uh, that this minority, again, boosted by friends and allies in the United States uh, with money and now with trucks that were coming across the Windsor border last night, um, are, are, are making this a bigger problem and uh, then then numbers would indicate if you just look at the polls 
Right. All right. Uh, let's turn away from uh, that big story to uh, who will be the next conservative leader. And I, I know Pierre Poiliev has, has declared that he's running for prime minister. Um, and and he's in the race, obviously. it's it, The race is not officially underway, uh, by the way, but uh, he said he will run. Um, there is speculation about former Quebec premier and former federal progressive conservative leader Jean Charest. And Tasha Carradine, a longtime columnist and commentator, mentioned yesterday on social media that she had been approached by some people and was considering it. So uh, do you think somebody, any, do you think somebody significant is going to take on Pierre Poiliev, uh, or uh, who do you see entering the race? Well, I think, you know, this is not an original comment, but a lot does depend on what they said as the entrance fee. You know, the... Um, you know, in the the race where Andrew Shear, I, I don't remember exactly what the figure was, but um, the Conservatives had had two leadership contests since Stephen Harper left. One, the one that elected Andrew Shear, had many, many. I think it was thirteen or fourteen, yeah. and more than a dozen anyway. Yep. Competitors. Those with the entrance fee and and the 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 price of admission to that one was very low. Uh, the the one that um, that elected. Uh, uh, Aaron O'Toole had fewer than a dozen, and I think the entrance fee was quite high in that. So, I guess what we're seeing, what we're going to see here, is what kind of a race the Conservatives want. Do they want a quick coronation of Pierre Polyev? And that's opinion seems to be leaning in that favor. But I find it interesting that the the the, the two other names that you mentioned, Tasha Carradine and Jean Charest. Are um, have Quebec have uh, roots and uh, and strengths in Quebec, and there is a division in the Conservative Party right now. It seems you, you even see it in the approach to the convoy uh, between the Quebec wing of the party and the the sort of more Western based one. So I'm be looking. I'm looking for interesting other names from Ontario besides Pierre Polyev or somebody you know. Down from around the suburbs, around Toronto, I don't know who that might be. It might be Patrick Brown, who is uh, the mayor of Brampton, former uh, progressive conservative uh, Ontario leader. Uh, he's apparently phoning around too. I, it's going to be interesting to see geographically where they come from because that's the conservatives' big problem right now: is uh, Quebec and Ontario remain blocked to them in any substantial way, and you see that the party is looking for contenders from there. Being from Ontario didn't help Aaron O'Toole all that much, ultimately, in the in the uh, last federal election. But but I'd be looking at somebody like a Patrick Brown or, or the Jean Charest, the Quebec candidates, to see whether this is going to be a coronation or not. All right. We'll see what happens. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Calling for an emergency debate in Parliament to respond to the convoy and to the escalating tensions that we're seeing. We need to see some leadership, and there hasn't been that leadership at the federal level. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Observer, Max Fawcett argues, Justin Trudeau needs his own just-watch-me moment. Fawcett writes... Trudeau needs to take control of this situation before it deteriorates even further. He's clearly not going to get any help from the Ottawa Police Department, 
and it's unlikely Doug Ford is going to ride to the rescue. That leaves the federal government as the last line of defense standing between an emboldened far-right fringe and our democratic institutions. Few Canadians want to see our politics become as polarized and toxic as America's have become under Donald Trump. But as the last week has shown, that process is already well underway. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues, the police and government response to the Ottawa occupation has been a shambles. The Star writes, at this point, the Ottawa occupation seems to be gradually fading. Police are making more arrests and issuing more tickets. The number of protesters is shrinking. But this episode has underlined how ill-prepared police were for a well-organized force determined to press their demands. At the same time, it's not enough for governments to hide behind the not-my-job excuse. A group coordinating the security response should have been in place before things spun out of control. It's a distinctly unimpressive performance by all involved. In the National Post, Randall Denley argues Ottawa Police, the Mayor, and Justin Trudeau are all to blame for the convoy occupation. Denley writes, Ottawa has more government presence than any other city in the country, yet no one is doing anything effective about the demonstrators who have set up a semi-permanent camp in the capital and have no intention of leaving. This is a stunning failure of leadership at every level, and it began the minute the demonstrators hit the highway. The truckers said they were coming in large numbers, and some would consider that fair warning. But in Ottawa, when someone makes a clear statement, the first instinct is to wonder what they really intend to do. Perhaps it's a consequence of too many years of dealing with politicians. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting and attend question period. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchette will hold a news conference in Ottawa. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchette will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, February the 8th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.